When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Bunny Michael, and you're listening to Exo Higher Self Advice and Healing, the podcast where you ask me for advice and I help get you to the place within yourself where you already have the answer. The truth is we all have a deep wisdom inside of us that's not easy to access in a world of trauma, chaos, and bias conditioning. Connecting with your higher self is the process of peeling back those layers to recognize you've always been enough and you deserve so much more than you realize. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode. I hope that you're doing well. I hope you're warm because right now, at least where I'm at, it is negative seven degrees outside. So I'm feeling very, very blessed to be in a warm house with heat. It's funny how much we take for granted sometimes. You know, we get so caught up in our relationships and goals and, you know, plans for the future that when nature just shows up in this way, that seems so powerful. It really reminds you all of the blessings you have in your life. So I hope wherever you are, you're comfortable and you're safe. All right. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about racism and privilege and when there's conflicts in relationships around those issues. I'm really grateful to the person who has sent in this question because it does take a lot of courage to talk about this issue in your own life and and to try to take accountability for yourself and for the people in your life. And I also want to say this is a safe space because what we do here on this podcast is we acknowledge our conditioning. We acknowledge we're still in a stage of unlearning and we're here because we're willing to see things differently, to have new perspectives, to get more connected to the part of us that knows who we really are because we're not our conditioning. And unfortunately, we so often forget that. But remembering that you are not your conditioning is actually helps you disidentify with it and helps you let it go. And with that, let's get to the question. Hi, Bunny. Thank you for taking the time to read my submission that has been a struggle for me to process. It's been difficult for me to find understanding when it feels so up close and personal. I'm truly grateful for your podcast and memes and hope you can shed some insight and help me to see a higher self perspective. I'm a queer woman of mixed race, a child of immigrants, and I live with two non-binary folks who are black and queer. I am three years older than one of them and seven years older than the other, not to make this an ageist 
issue. I feel at this stage in my life, approaching my 30s and Saturn return, I realize I desire a quiet and consistent home space. I recharge as an introvert and I'm trying to nurture a sense of personal discipline, intentionality, and peaceful habits when I take space from my relationships and interactive world. Recognizing that it is my responsibility to create this reality through affirmative action, I've made a decision to move out this coming month and will be moving into an apartment with a trusted friend who I feel is more compatible. The decision to move came suddenly and clearly and surfaced when my maternal grandfather passed recently. His passing really intensified a need to live in alignment with love, even if it's initially uncomfortable to make change. Through grieving, I finally accepted that I felt truly uneasy at home, like my needs and boundaries aren't respected, and many times I found my boundaries will be crossed when it comes to a sense of convenience for one of my roommates. For example, them going into my room when I'm not home, and then me finding out to my surprise, eating my groceries, etc. I know this sounds trivial, and I wish I could be cool with sharing these ways, but I'm not, and it gives me feelings of confusion and guilt. They are someone who is a social worker and prides themselves on being an advocate for abolition, anti-capitalism, love-rooted action, community, support, rest, etc. I support all of these things, and so it makes me feel conflicted that I don't trust them. I think I don't trust them because they don't often align actions with their words. They lie to our landlord, who is also a POC and very kind and reasonable with us. They are often avoidant and easily stressed, and they often times drain my energy when we talk. Every time we've had conflict that involves me sharing my perspective and trying to state my boundaries, if it challenges their viewpoint or if I'm not approaching the conflict with a submissive stance, they accuse me of dysregulating their nervous system more than anyone else, making them feel scared or patronized and shames me for not prioritizing a black queer perspective. It leaves me feeling silenced, reduced, and emotionally confused. I usually walk away feeling like my perspective is invalid or unreasonable simply for being a non-black person in this space. It has made me feel like there's a hierarchy in the room when I feel there should be an equal standing since we both pay the same rent, share household resources, and contribute to the space. I've listened to this roommate vent to me about, quote, white people who should be doing white things, unquote, i.e. labor and favors for them, and that they really enjoy feeling like they can be dominating in a dynamic especially if it's with a white man. I can't help but feel like they expect me to cater to them in similar ways. They speak so much on justice, reform, and love, and it feels contradictory. I feel gaslit how this person has accused me in our conflicts for weaponizing mindful narrative, unquote, as they know I am someone who provides somatic healing to the community. They showed up to my class once and had shown up late, clearly had been drinking and hasn't spoke of it since. It feels like ultimately we are simply not compatible roommates, and I'm so grateful I'm moving out soon, but I just haven't been able to shake the hurtful things they've accused me of. I understand I grew up in a racist and queerphobic societal structure, and I continue to confront the learned beliefs that I've absorbed from a young age, especially from my family who wanted me to assimilate to middle-class suburbia. So it makes me feel as if a shadow is surfacing. I don't want to seek justice by being the person that calls them out on their behavior, which I personally believe involves weaponizing identity to avoid accountability out of fear that they'll be scared. It's hard to tell what's valid about what they've said to me and what's a means of asserting dominance through manipulation. 
I wish I could be of help to this person without them depleting me of my energy and taking advantage of my tolerance. But honestly, it might be wiser to just move on and let it go. Please help me if you have any insight so I can reach a deeper understanding, forgive the situation, and move forward with a compassion for myself and them. I'm sure there's a lesson of love here for both of us. Thank you so much. Sending love to all who may be dealing with difficult conflict. Hello, sweetheart. You know, whenever we enter into a relationship with people, whether that's a romantic partner, co-worker, roommate... Every person is bringing with them their past experience, their trauma, their conditioning, their communication styles, their relationship to language, their privilege, their boundaries, etc. And all that stuff makes up their personality at that time in their life. And when there's conflict, even if it might be about a particular topic, that doesn't mean that's the only issue coming into play. So while colorism and white privilege are definitely a huge factor in the conflict you're having with your with your roommate, it's not the only factor. The reason why it's so difficult for us on a collective level to heal these racial wounds is A, the trauma keeps perpetuating. So there isn't even a moment to breathe and have space to actually address it and to help to heal our wounds. And B, in order to illustrate an experience that someone has, we have to actually kind of do the opposite of what we eventually want to get to. And what I mean by that is we have to take something very complex and attempt to reduce it into a box. This is the black experience. This is the white experience. This is the POC experience. And it's for a very good reason we do this because we're trying to spread awareness of injustice, hierarchical structures. And in order to change things, you first need to see it. You need to see the macro before you can address the complexity of the micro. It's like if you traveled to another planet and brought a flower there and the aliens had never seen a flower before. Before you can talk about the unique characteristics of this flower, of this specific species of flowers, you have to explain flowers. You have to explain the environment in which flowers grow, the relationship to that environment, or else you really can't understand the concept of flower. In other words, who we are on the level of race and gender is a macro understanding of one another. But within those individual categories is a huge spectrum. But we still need to see that macro to understand the context. The reason why we categorize anything in this world is an attempt to explain it, to understand it, to put it into language. It's how our brains work. But in reality, everything is is much more fluid than that. So yes, while privilege and racism and colorism is playing out in the conflicts you're having with your roommate, other things are part of the equation. Other issues are seeping in. Other experiences, other traumas, other relationships are past. There's a whole context of stuff that's going on. Your roommate is not perfect, has made mistakes, has unaddressed issues and blind spots too. Both of you do. Just because you are finding it difficult to live together and to understand each other doesn't mean that one person is right and one person is wrong. It doesn't mean that one person is the villain and one is the victim. Because your roommate might be keenly aware of things that you are not aware of. 
and you might be keenly aware of things that they might not be aware of. So if your roommate is trying to tell you something that you don't see, that you don't recognize, that you don't have perspective on, it doesn't automatically mean they're trying to pull the veil on you or manipulate you. Their perspective is valid simply because it is their perspective. Now, your perspective is valid because it is your perspective. And our perspectives are what they are at that moment in time, at that stage of our growth. Perspective is simply what we think and how we think it and and what we find to be our truth in that moment. But as you know, we're in a state of constant change, constant growth. So we can't judge people as right or wrong or as more advanced or unadvanced or more awakened or less awakened based on one topic or one particular issue when we contain multitudes. If there's one thing I've learned about privilege, as a non-Black person of color, one of the things that is so important for me to do is to trust a Black person when they tell me their perspective, their experience of a situation. That is so important to trust that. Because what the problem is, is that for so long, Black people's reality, their lived reality, has been invisibilized. And I know I'm not telling you something that you don't intellectually know already, but this happens a lot. And sometimes it's very unconscious that we do this to other people because we don't want to believe that that is their reality. Because it's difficult. It's difficult to accept because you don't want to feel that you're causing somebody pain. Of course, you don't want to feel that way. It sucks to feel that way. It sucks to feel like you have blind spots around such an important issue as race and racism, especially if you're somebody who really, really cares and wants to do the right thing and sees themselves as a person who helps people. But you can be a really good person. You can be a helper. You can be somebody that stands up for justice and for love and still have blind spots and still not see your privilege and still make mistakes when it comes to believing somebody else's experience. I mean, we do it all the time. I do it in my own relationships with people that I love. You know, you get into an argument with somebody, you feel threatened by them, you feel attacked. And one of the defenses is is to think, well, Whatever they're thinking is wrong, actually. Their perspective isn't wrong, is wrong. Mine's right. And we do that to make ourselves feel better because it sucks to feel that you can genuinely want to love somebody and see somebody and still not see them and still not give them the love that they actually need in that moment. Whatever your roommate's perspective on the situation is valid, but you can separate who you are from the ways in which you still need to grow. The same way you can separate who your roommate is in the ways in which they still need to grow. You both are very good people. Your roommate is a social worker. Your roommate really, really cares about the same things that you care about. You are both really, really great people. 
And you both can learn from each other. You can both learn from this experience. But this isn't about somebody being right and somebody being wrong. Whenever we have conflict with people and we look back at it, most of the time we can look back at it and say, okay, we both contributed to this in our own way. But even though that's true, we can also still validate that other person's truth, that other person's pain, that other person's experience without it taking away from ours. And this is also on a macro level what ends up happening a lot um, when it comes to colorism and privilege is that people believe that other people's pain somehow cancels out theirs. But this isn't a competition about pain because we're trying to look beyond linear. We're trying to look beyond hierarchy. We're trying to see the full spectrum, the multitudes, the equanimity that somebody's experience does not cancel out ours. And the more we open our arms and open our heart to let everything be, to let everything be as it is, to make space for it all, we realize there's so much more that we can grow from bringing that stuff in than we can really, really see and hear. You said in your letter that you would like to be able to help your roommate, but you don't want to call them out on anything. But I'm not sure that your roommate needs your help. We can bring compassion to a situation even when we don't fully, completely understand another person. It's not about agreeing with them. It's about saying they're the, the space that they're taking up here is valid because we're not the, we don't give people a green light or a red light. That's not our job. We take care of ourselves. We do our best, but we can't control where people are or their perspective. All we can do is keep an open heart and ask for love to be our guide. And I think that you are doing an amazing job at that in your life. And this stuff, navigating this stuff is not easy. It's not. It's very hard. There's so much contributing to the tension that is way beyond the two of you. But it is part of what's influencing it. So it's kind of symbolizing a lot of things. But sometimes we just have to surrender and say, okay, I'm going to continue to grow and to understand this more and get more clarity on this. But for now, I just need to be peaceful. Let go of needing to control their perspective because it's not mine to control. Easier said than done, right? <laughs> but no, remember, both of you are just doing your best. And both of you really, really care about humanity and do really care about love and all of the principles that you both stand for. No one is perfect. Nobody. Both of you have limitations and that's okay. All right, babe, I'm wishing you all the best. Take care. All right, everybody, this stuff isn't easy. And I just want to say if you're going through it right now, especially in particular with dealing with the endless news stories, the endless stuff being constantly re-triggered, my heart goes out to you. My heart goes out to this world. Our higher selves are here to remind us that we are not our conditioning. 
And what's going to help us continue to bring awareness around it is compassion, patience, acceptance, shaming ourselves for the conditioning that was put on us does not help because all it does is make us identify with it further. That's what shame does actually. So the more grace we can give ourselves, the easier it is to be like, okay, I can be accountable to this stuff while at the same time knowing I have a good heart because my heart and my higher self is who I really am. I'm just trying to get back to my essence. All right, everybody, I'm sending you so much love. Have an amazing rest of your week. Love you so much. So does your higher self. Take care. I'll see you next time.